gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece and pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. My guest today is Patricia Negron. Chris, I'll call her, is an investigative researcher and journalist and a member of Crowdsource the Truth. Trish has teamed up with George Webb and Jason Goodman in an open source investigation of the Corrupt Clinton Foundation. This open source investigation is exposing the worst criminal enterprise of all time in U.S. history. The biggest story that is still being suppressed by the mainstream media involves the spy ring set up in Congress by the Awan brothers from Pakistan, and also the murder of a Democratic National Committee staffer named Seth Rich a year ago after he leaked information from the DNC to WikiLeaks. George Webb began the investigation of the Clinton Foundation by following the money. He started out by looking for rat mines. Rat mines are set up alongside of oil pipelines in every country that the U.S. goes to war against and they are used to traffic arms and drugs. But not far into the investigation, George found out that the rat lines were also being used for organ harvesting and child sex trafficking. All the rat lines are operated by the Clinton Foundation, the CIA, and DynCorp. And they're set up in countries like Libya, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Haiti, and many other countries, including now all across the United States. George says they now make more money from organ harvesting and child sex trafficking than they were making from the trafficking of arms and drugs. These investigators are true heroes, and I want to thank Trish for taking time out from her work today to come on Focus on the Facts. So much has been happening in this investigation over the past few days, so I'll just bring Trish on now and have her give us the latest news, and I'll have her start out with their findings on the latest on the Seth Rich murder. Welcome back to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, as you know, Jason and George are at the vigil that was scheduled in D.C. today um, to commemorate uh, Seth Rich's murder last year. And in the meantime, several things have developed sort of around um, Seth Rich and what really may have happened to him. And you may have heard us talking recently about wondering if Seth Rich is even really dead because there is absolutely not one piece of hard evidence that he is dead. There's no death certificate, no autopsy, no forensic evidence, not one witness, no body camera footage, not one lead. And so it really left us wondering, you know, sort of, and Rob Wheeler, as you know, had said previously he was a veteran of the D.C. police force, had said that in his experience that kind of thing just never happens where you have such an absence, a complete absence of any um, evidence. So... Well, 
right, and it's been a year, right? What, what was the date he yes, was killed on? It, today is the anniversary. It was July 10th of 2016. Okay, and still no, not, none of the evidence and, and no police camera. No, and like in that. fact, not only has the evidence not been produced, FOIA requests, one by Judicial Watch to the FBI and another by Scott Taylor from ABC7, right. uh, requested the death certificate and autopsy, and both of those, well, both of Scott's were denied um, from the D.C. police force, and Judicial Watch received a no records response, which means either they don't have any records, which means that there is no death certificate or body camera footage, I think is what Judicial Watch asked for, or it means that it's being treated as state secret so that they do not um, provide responses to FOIA requests under those circumstances. Well, why would this be a secret? Well, that's that's the question. It's like, okay, either this is some kind of major cover-up involving, you know, um, high-level officials and sensitive, um, you know, information, or Seth Rich is not dead. Right. It's one or the other. <laughs> so, what, what, do you, um, what do you think as you're sitting here today, Trish? Well. Based on exactly what happened today, I think that Seth Rich is alive. That's my belief. You do? Okay. And I think he's being protected. But I think more and more the evidence is showing us there was this gentleman or person that goes by the forensicator, I don't know if you saw this, who published an analysis in WordPress.com on the Guccifer Tudato files, which were the ones that we provided to the crowdsourced community and started that whole um, thing with Defango. Well, this analysis shows that, in fact, it was a leak. And, you know, with everything that's going on with President Trump right now, this is a really critical finding that there were several things that meant it could not have been hacked, one of which was that the size of the files may have been as large as 19 gigabytes, and that what was actually published was about one-tenth of all of the data removed. Really? Yes, and so um, not only that, so the speed of the transfer was calculated in the study also indicated that it could not have been done remotely. So then we learned that, in fact, it was stored onto a thumb drive, and it was off of a Linux system, which I don't know if you saw recently, um, WikiLeaks and or Julian Assange tweeted about CIA spyware on Linux systems um, that had been created. And Linux is, Linux is supposed to be the most secure of the network system. So um, it, it, then we started to realize that when we considered this, the uh, series of events that occurred after we got this file from the rabbit, that it was Defango that had the password to the files that were originally posted by Butch for 2. And 
Then we learned through Quinn Michaels that, in fact, Fango was connected to Cicada3301 on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a bot, and it uses puzzles to sort of uh, lure in people who are then either unwitting stooges or active participants in sort of the psyops that occur online. So uh, then I also uh, put it together that this gentleman, the rabbit, and the woman who introduced me to the rabbit are were part of this group, Cicada 3301. And so it really led us to believe, given what is the forensic analysis that was just released on Gucci 2.0, that it may very well be that the Fango is the future for 2.0. And the, and just to sort of blow your mind a little more, the whole reason behind the Fango being set up as this hacker is so that the leak by Eric Braverman of all these files, the, the 19 gigabytes, the whole chunk of information of which Sutrafer 2.0 only released one-tenth, um, was crafted to cover for that leak and then be able to assign blame to Russia. Because remember, the DNC has refused all along to turn over that server to the FBI. And the only... The, and that, again, James Comey himself said that that was extremely unusual to do that if the FBI would want to examine that evidence itself in every other case. Well, and then we find out that the one, agent, one group that has looked at it, CrowdStrike, was already outed for faking a hack, a Ukrainian hack previously. Right. So we've, we think so we, we've traced Guccifer back to Defango, just given all of the evidence that's arriving right now, which is, which is, you know, again, with everything that's happening around Trump and an attempt at an impeachment, which we believe is actively underway. And um, there's... Right, Great. Right. I want you to talk a little bit about that, too, that um, George says that he really thinks that, that they're going to start an impeachment. Yeah, I think they already have, from what George's sources have said. And yeah, and who's behind that? Who's he say? Who's he say is going to be behind that? McCain and Biden. Yeah, and all of that whole group: Mueller, um, Pence. You know, all of those individuals all the who are the ones who are want to keep things as they are. They, you know. They don't want their rat lines to be broken up, which is what Trump is proposing to do. Well, right, so, and what's going on over there in Russia? That that I I heard that uh, that Trump told or that Putin told Trump that he's got to expose this Clinton network in this criminal enterprise, or that he's going to. That's what I've heard as well, I, although I don't have any confirmation of that. But one very positive step forward is that there was a trilateral agreement between Russia, the U.S., and Syria to a ceasefire agreement, which, you know, is absolutely the right policy. But the problem will be whether or not our, you know, the deep state 
as it stands, undermines that because we had a ceasefire agreement back in September of 2016. However, the U.S. ended up firing on Syrian troops that had opened a pathway for humanitarian aid. And right. it was because they wanted to let the terrorists um, back into Aleppo, and that's exactly what happened. Well, sure, because so, they run, the terrorists, they're running those rat lines, so they're running all that's, this, this yeah. children, human trafficking and stuff from them rat lines. That's exactly right. And they're also there to overthrow the Assad family, which you, the right. CIA vault has memos going back to 1983 where they discuss how they might go about overthrowing the Assad family because back then there was the Iraqi pipeline right. that they were trying to um, stay in control of. And then came along the Qatar pipeline, the $10 billion one, that would cut off Russia from the European natural gas market. But the only problem is, while the U.S.'s goal would be to cripple Russia, which it absolutely would do because that's, I think, 60% of Russia's entire economy is the natural gas market in Europe. But right. Europe gets 70% of its natural gas from Russia. So that's really going to hurt uh, Europe. And um, and then for the U.S. to take control, you know, with Qatar and Saudi Arabia, and I forget who the other countries are involved in that. But then there's also the Golan Heights, which the which Israel has illegally annexed, and now it's been discovered that oil is there, and uh, the rights were sold off to Genie Energy, which is controlled by guess who? Dick Cheney, Larry Summers from Goldman Sachs, um, Rupert Murdoch, yes, the former CIA, um, is it Robert Woolsey? It's just right, right. It, it's unbelievable. Well, this is what I was worried about. I, ha- I, I haven't had time to really investigate that, that Syrian deal too much uh, to find this out, but I thought I'd seen headlines or, or something or other saying something that they're going to make allowances for the Golan Heights. Is that true? Oh, that may be. That may be. I mean, Syria, we've already, since the U.S. has intervened in Syria, and it's been shown quite clearly that uh, the Obama administration framed Assad for that 2013 attack, and um, that's when the U.S., that's what the U.S. used to justify its presence there. But 500,000 Syrians have died. And we also have um, reports that 15 to 18,000 Syrian children have had their organs harvested. I right, mean, that's another it, thing that they're doing. Right. Talk about it, that. Yeah, this is what they do. This is what people, this is what they do when they go and overthrow countries. They go in there yes. and they steal their children for sex trafficking and, and steal their children and take their organs. Talk about that, what they've been doing over there. Well, there's, you know, the white helmets. I don't know if you've heard about sort of that Hollywood fabrication to sort of Absolutely. further this narrative. But um, this, these are men who are embedded with the terrorists, and they are behind a lot of the kidnappings and abductions around the human and organ trafficking and they're they're caring for the terrorists they are not taking care of the syrians right and, and in and fact at- if you're christian 
you you are uh, executed immediately. The Christians are fleeing the areas that are controlled by the terrorists to the Assad-controlled areas because that they're they're protected there. Well, look at how they so, can pull this off. The mainstream media. I mean, now when there's the internet and everything, they have pulled this off and made those white helmets into good guys that we're, we're yeah, supporting yeah. over there. And and this is what they've been doing. And they and they even made a movie about them that won an Oscar yeah, this year. Yeah. yeah, they can pull this off in front of the, the American public and make like these are heroes and they're really over there stealing our, the, their children and stealing their children for organ harvesting and sex trafficking. And they can pull yeah. this off, make a movie, and even have them get an Oscar for it. Yeah, it's a heist in broad daylight. It's really incredible. And another another thing that your listeners really ought to take a look at if they get on YouTube is the resistance chick did this fantastic analysis of a CNN interview of this young girl, Banna Alaved, um, on Twitter, who supposedly was tweeting from Aleppo, which would not have been possible in the area that was under siege by the terrorists because there was no Wi-Fi but in the first place. But right. this reporter literally starts asking this seven-year-old girl who the resistance chicks show very plainly that doesn't understand a word of English and is clearly reciting answers to these foreign policy questions being asked of her by the CNN reporter between quotes. It's just unbelievable, but... If you look at, like, Nurse Naraya, I don't know if you remember her from the first Iraq war, claiming that Iraqi soldiers were throwing babies out of the incubators. Turns out she was neither Iraqi nor a nurse. She was the 15-year-old daughter of a Kuwaiti ambassador. It was entirely fabricated. Yeah, and Just and like the weapons they put on. You, you know, they, she sat there and testified before Congress and even cried and everything else. Yes, yeah. yes. This is, and, and, and the old man Bush, he was out there. That was the first Iraq war there. He was out there. I don't know how many times he repeated that story in the media. And they yeah. keep publishing yeah. those lies. Yeah. Total and then the second. And that's what we think we're seeing, you know, in terms of this part of the, you know, Clinton Foundation. Because I don't know if you also saw that this week George outed the amalgamated bank. Um, and right. laundering money for the Clinton Foundation, which was a lot of the documentation that were contained in those 19 gigabytes of data that were downloaded from the um, on July 5th of 2016. So, right. And what um, they're doing with those? No, this is where it gets so complicated, and it, it even does for me because I never really followed political campaigns and and how the voters, how they do everything, and how they collect their money, and all this stuff. But what they did, the Clinton Foundation, didn't they, all the money went into that one bank, and isn't that where they stole a bunch of the money? They were laundering money through Amalgamated Bank as well as other banks um, that was coming in through the DNC, and was being shuttled over to either the Hillary Victory Fund or to um, the Clinton Foundation. And this was money that was supposed to be going to um, not only the, um, to support Bernie Sanders' campaign, 
during the primaries, but also to be going to down ballot um, candidates. But she was like not only taking her own money, but she was like she's stealing it from everyone else too. Right. So and getting away with this, and you know, and I know George and Jason are Bernie fans, and I don't know what you are. I don't. I wrote a series of articles on Obama in 2008, and after that, I quit any party. I don't have anything to do with any of these corrupt politicians. Me either. Me either. You know, and, um, but I don't know, the Bernie bit, I mean, my God, back when, I remember what that one debate or whatever, when he hollers out, oh, I'm sick of hearing about your damn emails, something like this. Oh. I mean, that's shutting down. That's telling the public, you know, these emails ain't important. They were every bit important. And then, you know, when she pulls all this stuff, then he just backs out, you know. I mean, when he, she, he's, She's stealing all the primaries and doing all this stuff. You know, all the people jump in and try fighting her. But Bernie doesn't join in. Yeah. The fighter. Yeah. I mean, I, he should have at the know, time. In every state that she pulled that in, he should have went up against her. You know, I have to wonder afterwards if he even knows the depth of the corruption. Because as George has pointed out, and as I think we've seen over time that no one, there's very few people who are fully in the know on any of this stuff. And most people have only a little slice of understanding. And it's so compartmentalized that I think for most of those who are, you know, the Donna Brazils and, you know, uh, um, those individuals, are just sort of, you know, they, they believe that somehow what they're doing is for the best and it's the honorable thing and, you know, they've made all these justifications to themselves because they, they don't really know the full extent of all of this. Well, by now they do. I mean, you know, there I ain't no say, way that they ain't watching think, George's yeah. videos and stuff, that they know what's going on by now and that they'd be a part of this that they haven't come forward and said, I want out of this racket. I didn't know it was involved all this. But no, they still stand there behind Hillary. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but I would recommend for anyone who's got the time, there was a um, Charles Ortel. He's a world-renowned financial analyst who uncovered the AIG and General Electric fraud just after the 2008 crash. Right. And he has been studying the Clinton Foundation for about three years now and has combed through every single piece of documentation that the company, that organization has produced. And he traces Robert Mueller and James Comey back to the Clinton Foundation in the early, uh, excuse me, in the late 1990s, which was when it was just sort of getting established and was operating completely illegally, even back then. And James Comey and Robert Mueller were key to um, preventing, obstructing investigation back that far. So they're very much a part of this. And the the whole thing is so entrenched that it's kind of like... You know, I, I, with Bernie, I felt like, well, he, he woke so many of us up. Like, I'm so disappointed, like, with him, you know, talking about Russia and believing that stuff or supposedly believing it. But then I also know that 
these people are monsters. And I would not doubt for one minute that they did not threaten him or his children or his grandchildren. I mean, I, I would believe that in a moment. And so that's the, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt just because I think they were really angry at how um, invigorated he had gotten the wider populace and right. that they blame her loss, you know, to a great deal well, right. on him. He would have won, but I, I believe that he knew going in that he that he wasn't going to win, that or he didn't think he was going to win. I think, and Trump yeah. did too, I believe. I believe it's all, all was scripted. Trump didn't plan on winning, and then when he did, he don't know how to act because he didn't plan on winning. And people can say what they want, but I followed this along, and I've been predicting, you know, what was going to happen, but I really thought that Hillary would get in. But it was that that WikiLeaks, that dump of all the emails with, that, that, that was put off for a week, you know, they stalled it off for a week, so it only came out the weekend before the election. But the people got on it, and they dug out, and they found all the Pizzagate, all the, the pedophile yeah. information and stuff in there. And that is what caused for the election. I mean, everybody had been hearing about all her pay-to-play stuff for, for years, for Christ's sake, about that yep. foundation, yep. you know. But that, that was, was the, the final proof. nail. That was the final proof that everybody you needed. It, it confirmed all the, um, the media, you know, bias. It confirmed all of it. Yeah, right. Right. It, it was incredible, and and that's why so that's why we think that they concocted this Russia hack narrative to distract from what was in the files because they were already out there and they figured okay well let's just take some of it and make it look like it's incriminating but then if we associate it with Russia successfully um, then they would be able to get away. Nobody would even ask anymore what was in the files. They would just be focused on Well right, you know, and as it gets out there, you know, like Trump tweeted but everybody's asking how come they didn't turn that, that uh, DNC didn't turn that server over to the FBI or the CIA. And then he puts out that Russia stole my emails Russia oh, didn't I know. steal his emails, and the thing about it is, how does he even get to be out there uh, planting um, editorials in the Washington Post on a minute's oh, notice, know. and then calling into MSNBC Live and talk about that Russia stole my emails? Never mind what's in them emails. I mean, never yeah. mind who stole them. What's in well, them, Podesta? I think Explain so. Um, you may have observed this too, which is that every time they try and um, push back when they're exposed yet again, they expose yeah. themselves even more by their reaction. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. Their arrogance, you know, is what John Podesta is displaying there. They, I'm sure they are convinced they're going to get away with this. But well, we are not. a whole not. new deal that they've never had to face before as a community, and they don't seem to quite get yet, but I'm sure they will at some point in the not-too-distant future that we are going to run this into the ground, and we are not stopping until somehow or another there's justice here. There, it's just cannot go on any longer. And it's not there, we, you know, even just talking to Charles Ortel, you know, from what he said, there are a lot of people in very high places who are actively working to find a way to bring this to an end once and for all. 
Well, right, and and that's the thing. I mean, you know, I mean this this pedophile network, and it's global. And I mean, all people, my listeners, most of my listeners probably know um, that all over the world we're bringing them down, and we're not stopping this time. I mean, the time before we should have got them in this country was back during the Franklin scandal when it came out when and when Bush and when Reagan was in office and Bush and them were taking them right. boys to. I mean, that should have been blown open then. But they ain't stopping this time. This is not going to continue. This pedophile well, network global is going to stop. I don't know if you're aware that even the Clinton State Department covered up and obstructed a pedophile investigation back when she was Secretary of State. Oh, numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's definitely, and, and I think the problem has been that when we see any reporting on something like that, or at least have in the past, you assume that, oh, okay, it's been discovered and now it will be addressed, right? And then you just forget about it because nobody brings it up again. But it's that, you know, false sense of security, which every now and then you'll see a decent piece of reporting out of one of these fake news outlets to sort of lull you into the idea that maybe they're going to start reporting real um, truth again. But it's it's all a part of the same PSYOP. It's, you know, they're trying to get people to believe that they care and that they're going to do something and that no worries, it's all being taken care of. And no, meanwhile, not. they're just you know, filling their pockets as quickly as they can, you know, stealing from, you know, the poorest among us. Well, absolutely right. And the thing is, it's so infiltrated now, I mean, the United States, that child protective services agencies are involved. I mean, this child trafficking that's been that's going right. on is and so out of hand. The um, Department of Homeland Security as well, over the Mexican border. That is intentionally porous for drugs and human trafficking. Right, right. It's coming from every, every angle, isn't it? Yes, it is. America. It's incredible. Europe, and but all these countries, and this is what we do, people. This is what they do. And George says they go in first and now before the pipelines and before the arms that they set, they start out with the child trafficking and, and in the organ harvesting. That's what they make the most money off of. That's right. Well, and Haiti is still very active from what we understand. Oh, That's yeah. sort of where, you know, most of it occurs in the Western Hemisphere. And then in the UAE is, I guess, where uh, a lot of that occurs. Well, you hear what that, I, I just read uh, yesterday or the day before that that pedophile Jeffrey Epstein supposedly bought another island down there. Oh, really? Well, you know yeah. he's being sued again. Um, yeah, I know. Right? Steadily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, do you know if Alan Dershowitz is representing yeah. him this time? Of course. Right. The pervert himself. I mean, this is what yeah. I can't believe. These people keep putting themselves out there. Like, like we don't know what the hell's going on. And Dershowitz, well, you know, and the mainstream media keep putting him on. And yeah, he, he, he yeah, yeah. One it's incredible. Raking. It legitimizes the people who are so deeply involved. Yeah. And, his, you know, involved. Jeffrey Epstein, um, oh. he was originally, back, when was it, 2000, 
eight or nine when he was originally found guilty and sentenced to 18 months in prison. The original charges were child sex trafficking because there were several girls involved and um, they all attested to having been brought places for purposes of having sex. And that the charges were um, dropped, were reduced to soliciting a minor. And then he spent most of his um, jail time at home. Right. Right, or flying That's, off on his jets. Spent very so, little time in, in jail. Out on work release. Yeah, right, work release. No, right. Just traffic more of the minors, right? Right. But right. did you see the other day Jason and George went to Trump Tower and they had managed to get an appointment um, to deliver a card to someone there and were thwarted by the Secret Service. Right, I saw I that. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. They had an, an appointment. They weren't just trying to say, oh, let us go up and drop this off. They had an appointment. And the Secret yeah. Service literally prevented them from going. Right. Well, now that bank, you know, that bank when George uh, made them videos and he stood right outside there in front of it and everything and said this is where, where it's going on and, and where they're laundering all the money and all that. And then what did they do? They uh, had a scheduled a maintenance. Yes, that night in the wee like hours that. of Saturday night, Sunday morning, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So they destroyed all the records, no doubt. That's exactly what that was, I'm sure. So, now, but the good news Podesta. is... Now, John Podesta, he's, uh, he's on the run right now. Well, well, you guys think he's probably even trying to leave the country, eh? Well, I, George and um, George thinks he is. I'm, and we all agree that he's probably meeting with all of the people key to running these rat lines who are in the U.S. to try, you know, to do the amalgamated bank thing and destroy records or do whatever would be necessary to cover their tracks as best as possible. But. Um, George thinks he's going to wind up um, out of the country in a non-extradition location sometime very soon. Right. Well, I, I think most of them are going to be pulling that, don't you think? I Yeah. I mean, look at Obama. He spent all of this time since he left office in non-extradition country. Well, this is the thing. See, now, now a while ago I read that, um, that and, and I can't, this stuff is all so deep that I can't even keep track of it all. I call these, this one group the Alliance. They swear that he was arrested, that Obama was arrested, and his boats were, were trafficking drugs, and that he's really under house arrest, that they just let him out to, you know, to make appearances and this and that. To but do the he's photo really, ops. <laughs> he's already arrested. Huh. I hadn't heard that. I, and, I don't so know anything about it. Because I was saying, you know, for months I was saying, where's Obama? Where's Obama? Yeah. He's never in this country. And I said, when did you ever hear that? A president leaving office and, and never coming to any ceremonies, never doing anything upon leaving the yeah. presidency? When did that ever happen? But Obama don't come here. Yeah, I don't well, think he's allowed. You keep a low profile, of course, out of deference, but that, but not to completely disappear altogether. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, this is what? This is seven months after the election, for God's sakes. Well, and he's he never attended anything. That, 
didn't he show up for a four hundred thousand dollar speech though to to some investment bank? Was <laughs> Well, yeah, he makes these little spot appearance. Like I think he showed up at this uh, university or something uh, a while oh, back. Okay. But just just dropped in and pulled right back out. You know that when people stop and think, when did they ever know of a president that never did any going out ceremonies or anything with the new president or or anything when leaving the White House? Just gone out of the yeah. country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's sort of, it's reminiscent of what we think is happening with Eric Braverman, who right. was named by John Podesta as the person they believed had leaked those emails and the other information. And while he's still alive and appears to be physically well, uh, he, when Jason and I saw him in Oxford, was clearly being handled. And that may have been because of the call that they received from an individual who claimed that Jason and I were there to cause Eric Braverman harm. But right. I, I also get the sense that that is probably his existence at this point, um, to, to be surrounded. And he has not been seen otherwise in the flesh really? since yeah. September of last year. Right, right. And And even if you look at his marriage announcement to Neil Brown, this is in the New York Times. If you look at that photo, they're not Uh even wearing wedding attire, and it looks like it's been, you know, sort of photoshopped, like just their two heads superimposed over a background. And I'm sorry, but I just don't see a couple allowing a photo like that of their wedding announcement in the New York Times. I mean, if you think about it. So I wonder that he's even married. Jason and George are like, ah, I don't know about that. But I I'm, yeah, I think a lot of this has just been completely fabricated to throw everybody off the trail. And it does, doesn't it? Look at how long it threw all of us off the trail with Braverman. Yes. That's exactly right. That's and now the same with Seth for a whole year. Everybody looking to try to find proof that he's dead. I mean, look at all the videos that you guys have done going around yeah. trying to check with doctors, trying to check every place to find some proof that he's dead. So it's well, right and here. Matt Couch just came out, I, it was today, I think, and said that he has a death certificate for Seth, I believe it is. Really? But we haven't seen that. Yeah, I will, we're very interested to see what he's got because it was requested in a FOIA request by Scott Taylor from ABC 7 News. Um, and it was denied. So I'm not sure how Matt would have gotten his hands on one in that case. So this is this is very interesting to us to see what exactly he has. Right, right. What well, what is the latest? Is, is George and Jason, do they know where uh, Podesta is claiming he is right now? The last we saw, I believe, was in Colorado. And George thinks that someone else is actually driving a car as though he's John Podesta, but that John Podesta is traveling by private plane or um, what do you call those helicopters with no tail wings um, from place to place to to meet with people covertly. Well, you know, how, how are we supposed to shut this down when the CIA is behind these? Rat lines. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the. I mean, this is what we're up against. 
Yes, because you have Robert Mueller, then you have um, Andrew McCabe, who's been the enforcer behind all of this for the last, you know, 15 years or so. And we clearly have a justice system that is not prepared to deal equitably with this. Because the other thing I don't know if you had heard was that we heard through a source um, that the, excuse me, um, that all of the 19 conspirators will be receiving uh, full immunity in this. So that in the end, no one will be charged. No one who is of any real accountability will be held accountable. Now, why would they get immunity in an investigation like this? Because Robert Mueller is, again, he goes back to the late 1990s with the Clinton Foundation. He's part oh, of the Oh, but how did they justify that to us, this immunity for that them? Was? How do they justify that to the public, granting this They don't feel they need to. Just as you said, they're so arrogant. They don't feel they need just like they did with Hillary Clinton's email. They gave Huma and Cheryl Mills. They gave everyone immunity. Right. Right. Well, they're going to do whatever the heck they feel like doing, and they've made that very clear. Just like the DNC in their fraud lawsuits argued in their motion to dismiss that they have absolutely no obligation to run a neutral process. Right. And they're killing anybody that that tries to go up and stop this human trafficking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you you get destroyed. That's what happened with Flynn, and it's what happens with anyone. It's what we're going to see happen with Donald Trump, because the word is that they're going to use this story of him raping a 13-year-old um, at one of Epstein's properties as the way to impeach him, which really? I don't, you know, I have seen no evidence that that is factually true, but, it, you know, as we've seen time and again, it doesn't have to be true for oh, them to succeed. Right. And, and and that's the thing. I mean, I can't stand Trump either. But the thing is, you know, fair is fair. The guy was elected president. There is nothing to impeach him on. And for them to manufacture in seven months, come up with all this garbage, and then to think that people like McCain and Graham and Joe Biden, the biggest perverts there in there, are going to be the ones out here bringing this impeachment? Yeah, well, that's the other thing is, you know, in order to get an, an impeachment requires a supermajority of the Senate to ratify it, which would, I, you know, I don't even know if that's possible. Maybe it is. Maybe the, the deep state really does have that um, much of a stranglehold on they our... They own Congress. They are all compromised. They own Congress. And that's why the Republicans aren't standing up for Trump now. They're all yeah. compromised in there. And, yeah. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the Alban brothers now. They're they're gone back to Pakistan, free as birds, and they got all right. our con- they got all our members of Congress blackmailed to the hilt, and all of these thumb drives and everything. Yeah, they're originally given, you know, to certain people, but they're all out there. I heard that they could they even sold them thumb drives, so the whole world knows all the dirt on all our members of Congress. 
I mean, yeah. how does that well, happen? And they were, they were using that NASA technology as well to spy on people. So their, their um, fingers were everywhere, and they captured everything. And it, it's probably the most successful spy network in history, to be honest Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Um, and I even saw that Justin Trudeau has used a BlackBerry for many years, and you have to wonder if they managed to work their way into that um, that government, too. Well, I'm sure. I mean, his dad is one of the biggest pedophiles, abusers of underage girls, so... Well, and Harry he is Delta also very I'm much sure. a... Yeah. Pardon? Well, he's also very much a tool of the U.S., as well. He'll, he seems to go along with whatever our powers that we want to do. Well, but I think that I think that Putin is hell-bent on stopping this, this human trafficking. Well, the rat lines in particular, but this human trafficking especially. Yeah. I don't and, know. And that I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Putin is a decent human being. I do. I, everything I've seen indicates that. I mean, I don't pretend to know him personally, but I was watching Roger, uh, excuse me, Oliver Stone did some really great interviews with him, a whole series of them, and I was right, started yeah. watching the first one where he talks about how overnight 25 million um, Russians were suddenly uh, refugees because they're they were living in countries that became independent and sovereign from the USSR overnight. And I had never really thought about that, you know, and it was just an interesting, very human sort of way to relate to the people of Russia that if you listen to Western media would never occur. No, no. And I just, I just read the other day that, uh, some polls show two thirds of two thirds of the people in Russia want him to be elected president next year. And I said, well, I posted that on Facebook, you know, and I said, when did we ever hear of that any president ever in this country having two thirds of the people a year ahead of time saying they want him in? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And there have been polls conducted in Crimea um, about being annexed to Russia versus Ukraine, and only 4% of the population opposes it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's another thing. We overthrew Ukraine, you know, and the same thing is yes. going on there. They're harvesting kids in, in organs and stuff from, from the kids in Ukraine, aren't they? Yes, they most certainly are. And it was, you know, Lindsey Graham and John McCain uh, and others who went down to support the neo-Nazis who were behind that coup that we yeah. supported. We, we, we contributed $3 billion to Ukraine leading up to that sure. illegal coup. Then they stand there and watch them while they shoot all these innocent people. Yes. yes. And, say it's a, and again, say it's a civil war. No, it wasn't. They, they would have all wanted to stay with Russia if they'd have let them. Yeah, I, I think that's right from what I've heard. And the other sure. thing, you know, I, I have incredible respect for Putin in the sense that he's shown incredible restraint in the face of really gross provocation by the U.S. I mean, with all of our ships and tanks and, you know, military presence all along the, the 
Polish border and over there. I mean, can you imagine if another country did that here along the Canadian or Mexican border? <laughs> well, you know, different times. I said, you know, that uh, I, I got suspicious that uh, that that Putin and Assad, President Assad from Syria, were in on this genocidal maniac, you know, committing genocide in the whole world. Because why did they let our troops? or our bases or anything go into Syria. And when we when we attack one of their planes and we attack one of their bases, why the hell aren't they bombing us out of there? Well, that's a really good question because um, I don't know if you've seen, back in 2013, an American journalist by the name of Serena Shim uncovered a CIA rat line that was smuggling tens of thousands of terrorists from Iraq and Libya into Syria with, on World Food Organization trucks right. um, through Turkey. And they were also smuggling weapons into Syria. And, in fact, the New York Times wrote an article. This is like every now and then we get some good reporting out of these guys. But um, ISIS has been shown, has been um, documented to have used chemical weapons 52 times in Iraq and Syria since 2014. Yet we're right. supposed to believe that it's Assad gassing his people. And it was Hillary Clinton who approved the sale of sarin gas to those terrorists when she was Secretary of State. Right, that she stole from Gaddafi, right, when she killed him yes. off. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly I mean, right. This goes on right in front of the Americans' eyes. And, they, and it's like they don't see it. I mean, don't they care about anybody else's kids? Well, and I think it's part of that whole thing, Evelyn, where, you know, you just sort of get lulled into this sense of um, complacency because you see something that looks like, you know, maybe people are doing what they're supposed to when, in fact, it's just a big test fake. And it's not until, I, thankfully, I think it's pretty new phenomenon where you can go and actually really find out what's happening because it was really difficult to know up until the last couple of years if what you were encountering in the, in your searches was legitimate. But now we have all these people who have been vetting all of these resources and, you know, just the power of numbers behind finding the, the good um, go-to locations. And it's really picking up momentum, I think. And that's sort of what we're seeing, like, with your show and all of these, you know, alternative media sites, which are actually the real... Um, news, but I, I think we're at a pivotal moment and we're seeing a real paradigm shift and that the momentum is really in our favor. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's finally getting turned around. I mean, and today I want to I want to you know I'm so bad I, I'm not a good radio announcer. I I look at this as a gift from above to help me get the word out. You know, and but I always get listening and I forget. And it gets to the end of the show, and I cut you guys off all the time once the song starts because I I forget that it's that late. But I want to I want to take a minute now to thank you so much for coming on. You guys are such heroes. Uh, we worry about you. I do day and night of something happening to you because anybody that gets close to exposing this stuff gets murdered, and it happens in plain sight, and nothing gets done about it. And that's the scariest part, you know. I mean, well, you guys are really taking 
chances here, and, and I really praise you and bless you and love you three more than I can say that we don't want anything happening to you. Well, thank you so much, Evelyn. It really does mean a lot to hear that. And and in all honesty, it does feel like we have, like, thousands of, you know, guardian angels watching out for us, and it's very comforting, I have to say, because yeah, it, does, I, it gets stressful and scary at times to be, to be honest. But, you know. Well, yeah, and I say that, you know, that they kill everybody off and nothing happens. But I'll tell you something right now. You do have that many guardian angels looking after you. And something happens to one of you, and I think all hell will break loose. I get that feeling, too, and it's, it's yes. a very good feeling. <laughs> that, that, that's too far, you know. I mean, but we're so close now, and this bit, you know, that, that these rat lines, they're getting, George thinks they're getting shut down, the rat lines. Yeah, so? well, if you look at just what happened with the Charleston Fort issue and the dirty bomb, um, right, you right. know, we saw within a week or two the cyber attack that occurred there that shut down 14 ports and allowed it all of that um, cargo to be offloaded manually and, you know, none of the normal testing or documentation um, digital documentation was done, so that was, in our to our mind, a very obvious attempt to get rid of the cargo that was illicit and and move it to another shipping um, medium, and then destroy any records that might still exists that would implicate anybody. So that took a couple of weeks, and now with the amalgamated bank, it was only a couple of days. So I feel like we're really on their heels at this point. Right. Now, on, that, on those dirty bomb ships, I know they're talking about bringing in uranium and depleted uranium. So tell us what they do with that. Okay, they're, they're bringing in those. What do they do? Okay, so what we think might have been the case with the Charleston port um, cargo was that there were a couple of cases of cans that were being shipped um, in in another um, route that even if you took only that amount of depleted uranium that would occupy a couple cases of cans, um, if you attach any kind of explosive device to it, it would it would throw all of that radioactive material into the air, and the wind would blow, would carry it long distances. So just from something as small as that, you could create a a catastrophe, a massive catastrophe, and kill many people, and destroy the environment permanently for many miles. So it really is very easy. Why would they do that? Who wants to do that? Well, um, because it's a way of gaining control. One theory would be that it would terrorize the population into allowing, you know, martial law or, you know, you see all of these things whenever there's a terrorist act, we get, you know, look at 9-11 and then we get the Patriot Act where our rights are being just completely uh, wiped away as we sleep. And so these are just ways of establishing greater control over the population. 
sure. I mean, it would be nothing more than a terrorist act from from what we can tell. And meanwhile, the Obama administration itself in 2016, December, reported that, you know, dirty bombs were the greatest security risk to our port. And then there have been several reports that over the course of 2016, there were a number of tests done at, for uh, on the equipment that's used to test radioactivity. 30% of the time, it failed. And then on top of that, many of the people who were supposed to use the equipment weren't properly trained, and then the data was being transmitted over non-secure networks. So it is a very significant and very real risk, and we honestly think that there is a strong possibility that we prevented that from happening here in the U.S. And maybe it wasn't a bomb, but I feel very confident that there was radio depleted uranium uh, on that right. that ship. Well, I think uh, I think the powers that be are probably a little bit scared right now. I believe they're soulless; they don't feel anything. But uh, yeah. I think some of them might have a little bit of soul, and I think they've got to be terrified about right now. Well, and that's sort of what we see in Eric Braverman, um, that, you know, he's somebody who tried repeatedly, we think, to do the right thing, and he kept thinking he was getting the data transmitted, but that it was getting intercepted over the network by the CIA or whoever was spying on him, because remember, he had been identified by John Podesta, so they were watching him carefully, I'm sure. Right. And see the one that um, was brought up was mentioned about wet works. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. Wet and he said he favored making an example of the leaker, whether or not they had a basis for it. Right. Wet works mean they're going to kill you. Yes, that's exactly right. It's a right. well understood term. And that was in the email. <laughs> that was, and that was days before Justice Scalia was found. Oh, dead. right, right, right. Before he was murdered, right. Right, right, right. Yes. And, and there again, can't people see the, the Supreme Court justice is is murdered, and he's down there, and they even say they find him with a pillow over his face, and they don't do anything about it. Yes. They don't do an autopsy. Yes. They don't do anything. No, and they expect yes. everybody to just accept it and move along. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what happens in our country today. This is what we're living yes. in. Yeah. Well, remember, propaganda is legal now in the U.S. And that was legal? made so by the, like, 2013 NDAA. Which is what? Legal? Uh, propaganda is now legal. Oh, right. It's yeah, how much do they allot for that? Oh, here we are. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And I hope thank you, we'll Ellen. get together again next week. That would be great. Okay. Day by day, my life gets colder. 